For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Vitus LaRue. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover neurodiversity in academia, the retirement of Executive Vice President Trebby Williams, Class of 84, the funeral of Tyree Nichols, and the prosecution of suspects involved in the assassination of Haiti's former president. It's Thursday, February 2nd. We sat down with Prince Features writer Molly Taylor to discuss the findings of her upcoming feature on the Winter Session Workshop titled Neurodiversity in Academia, hosted by Princeton University Neurodiversity Collective. So what exactly does PUNC do? The Princeton University Neurodiversity Collective, or PUNC, is a group for neurodivergent members of the Princeton community. So that includes um, students, undergraduates, and graduate students. It's also open to faculty, postdocs, um, and staff. And the idea is to build a community that is both empowering for the members and allows people to discuss their experiences and share reflections and strategies, and also works on advocacy related to neurodiversity and inclusion at Princeton and in higher education. Very cool. So what specifically happened at this winter session event that Punk held? Right. So the winter session workshop was called Neurodiversity in Academia, and it included an informational session led by the organizers where they discussed both the history of neurodiversity and some um, discrimination and injustices that have happened against neurodivergent people, um, as well as a section focusing on neurodiversity within or higher education specifically. And after that, there was a panel of researchers and graduate students who are neurodivergent, and they shared some personal strategies for addressing spaces that might not be inclusive or accessible, as well as ideas for higher education to become more um, inclusive for people um, who are neurodivergent. The workshop concluded with an activity that engaged the participants. It was called a divergent uh, group think. And so participants were grouped into uh, smaller sections to address different topics that they felt related to them specifically. So there was one group thinking about allyship, for an example, whereas another group was thinking about battling stigma around neurodiversity. And so in these small groups, participants free wrote on a shared document about their reflections from the sessions, as well as ideas for addressing the barriers that exist around the specific topics. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Yeah, of course. On Tuesday, Trebby Williams, class of 84, resigned from her position as executive vice president. She will join Provost Deborah Prentice and Dean of Research Pablo de Benedetti as the third major administrative member leaving Princeton this school year. Williams was responsible for many of the sustainability construction projects across campus this fall. She pioneered the creation of environmentally friendly residential colleges and facilities to help Princeton reach net zero carbon emissions by 2046. She has also played an integral part in creating improved programs for civic engagement across campus, such as the Nassau Fellows Program and the Campus Art Steering Committee. Before ending her 10-year tenure as Vice President, Williams will continue to serve as a Senior Advisor to the University President Christopher Eisgruber, Class of 83, for one more year. The University plans to find a new Executive Vice President by this summer. You can read more about her departure at thedailyprincetonian.com or at the link in the show notes. Yesterday, Tyree Nichols was laid to rest in a funeral service held in Memphis, Tennessee. He died three weeks ago after he was beaten by police. 
His death has sparked national protest and calls for police accountability. Reverend Al Sharpton, who gave Nichols a eulogy, echoed these calls for increased accountability in policing practices, saying, quote, you don't fight crime by becoming criminals yourselves. Notable figures in attendance included Vice President Kamala Harris. In international news, about a year and a half after the assassination of Jovenel Moise, the former president of Haiti, prosecution in the United States of four essential subjects has begun. This follows a year of the case remaining at standstill in Haiti, after four judges were dismissed or resigned from the case. Four suspects, three dual Haitian-American citizens and a Colombian citizen, are currently facing charges in the United States. Three of the suspects, James Solages, Joseph Vincent, and Germán Riviera Garcia, face charges of conspiring to commit murder or kidnapping outside the United States and providing material support and resources resulting in death in a conspiracy to kill or kidnap, according to a memo from the U.S. Department of Justice. A second charge has been filed against Haitian-American Dr. Christian Emmanuel Sanan for conspiring to smuggle goods from the U.S., providing unlawful export information, and causing export information not to be filed. The suspects appeared in court yesterday at 2 p.m. before a judge in Miami. The four were intending to support the political career of Sanan and to instate Sanan as president following their attempted coup. When a kidnapping attempt fell through in June of 2021, these four, along with others, broke into the former president's house in late July of that year and assassinated him. Last year, three other subjects were charged for their role in the assassination. Today, the weather will be cloudy, with a high of 42 and a low of 24. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Kavya Kama, Brian Mahando, and me. Sound engineered by me and produced under the 147th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horn, class of 22. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Vitus LaRue. Have a wonderful day.